0: <laughs> well, hello. It is good to be back with you here at Timberlake Church on this very, very average weekend. I was hoping for warm and sunny, but hey, I'll, I'll deal with the dark and the cold and the dreary and the depressing, because it's actually a really good metaphor for what I want to talk about, because I want to talk about how to live a life that's above average. I don't think any of us would say, hey, I want an average life, Right? We don't like it. hardly anything that's average. We want, unless we're living in San Diego, above average weather, right? We want friends that are above average. We want kids that are above average. We want to eat food that tastes above average. So when it comes to pizza, like we're not gonna be fans of Domino's or Pizza Hut or Papa John's. Those are fine, those are standard. But at least for me, if I'm gonna eat pizza, it's gonna be like mod pizza. Oh, yeah. Right? I actually have a buddy a couple months ago, he had a daughter that had earned a Pizza Hut coupon for reading a certain number of books, but he hates Pizza Hut because he is a food snob, and so instead, he brings her to Mod Pizza, and he hands a message on his phone to one of the employees. Here's what it said. It said, Mod, please, my daughter is going to give you a coupon for a free pizza, but I don't want to go to Pizza Hut. Yuck. Yuck. I will pay for her pizza. Please take the coupon and throw it away. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Now, I think most of us, that's how we feel about life, right? We don't want to settle for average because the average person is totally unhappy in their relationships. They're unsatisfied at work. The average person only has a few close friends. They're often worried about the future. And then it really doesn't even matter how successful they are. Average people are never satisfied. They're always restless, and they are never, or at least rarely, content. So the question I want to ask is this. How do we genuinely, truly live a life that's above average? Because ultimately, that is what Jesus wants for us. Not just somewhere in the distant future, like after we die, but no, he wants it for us right here now and today. In fact, one of the most popular statements that Jesus ever made, and it was in reference to people who follow him, was this. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So about his followers, he said, I've come to give them life that they can experience a full life and an abundant life. It is not referencing like, oh, that they've got a lot of success and money and they're comfortable and they've experienced pleasure all the time. No, he's talking about significance. He's talking about meaning. He's talking about purpose. And regardless of where you live in the world, you want that. And yet there's some sort of weird gravitational pull that all of us get sucked into towards the average in ordinary life. And one of the reasons for that is because average people are driven by the moment. Average people get sucked into the drama and the emotion of what's happening right now. All right, So average people, their entire day can be affected by what somebody posted on social media. Average people, they can absolutely get trapped into thinking that they're. their their value as a human being, their worth as a human being is connected to their success or to their net worth. Right? Average people, they're constantly getting sidetracked by comparing their life to the life of someone else that they want. And so it's absolutely easy to have an average life because average people are just people who live in the moment. Now, I think we're all smart enough to know this, but if we really think about the moment, it's not all that great all the time right 93 percent of the news that's presented to us is totally negative negative. and so this week if you paid attention to the news it was like every other week murders violence political disagreements tensions between individuals and countries and then to make matters worse I actually saw this headline this week fast food chain will no longer serve pot smokers That's bad news for Pastor Ben and about 20% of this church. Right? The average person is obsessed with what's happening right now. Nobody wants to be average. And this is why right now in the moment we typically put on our best face. We got this big smile and we try to hide the mess. I've been married for 22 years. And one of the things that I've learned in marriage, and some of you have learned this lesson as well, is early on in marriage I regularly would show up to my house with friends or even with people that i recently met at the church and i didn't give my wife much of a notice sometimes i gave her no notice right so i'd call her from the car sometimes and be like hey you'd never believe who i ran into today our friends james and becky yup didn't know they were in town either and they're cool well we're gonna swing by and see you and she goes dave dave they're not with you right now are they yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're, we're, we're super excited to see you. Dave, do not bring them over. Our house is a disaster. Okay, well, see you in eight minutes. Yep, just, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, get off the phone. James and Becky, she's totally stoked. Well, you know on the other end of that phone call, it doesn't matter what age your kids were. Man, it is a military for It is, get this out of here, go hide this, right? Take that underwear, put it in the oven, just get this house ready. And then eight minutes later, we show up, ding dong, you know? She opens the door and there's my wife in an apron. I didn't even know she had an apron, right? And she's like, guys, so good to see you and candles are burning and cookies are in the oven. And, and they're like, man, you guys are just amazing people. No, it's a full on lie. But we like to do whatever we can to hide the mess so we can impress. That's just being average, just living in the moment. Above average people, above average people are driven by the future. Above average people are driven by the future. Yeah, they care about the moment, but they're constantly evaluating how their attitudes and how their behaviors and how their actions affect them, not just today, but how they're going to affect them a month from now and a year from now and sometimes decades from now. Several years ago, when Jerry Seinfeld was first beginning his TV show, he was doing uh, stand-up at open mic night, a comedy club, and uh, happened to be at that night. There was an amateur comedian by the name of Brad Isaac, and so Brad saw Seinfeld, who was just semi-famous at that time, you know, just at that point where he's launching his TV show, and and so he approaches Seinfeld nervously, and he he asked Seinfeld, he said, "What advice would you give to a young comedian?" And Seinfeld really didn't even miss a beat. He said, well, if you want to be a better comedian, you need to write better jokes. And if you want to write better jokes, you need to learn how to write every single day. And then Seinfeld went a step further. He says, what you need to do is you need to get a calendar. And every day that you write jokes, you need to put an X on that date. And he said, and the goal would be that you would regularly put X's on the calendar, and he says, make it your goal to never break the chain. In other words, just keep showing up day after day after day. And so this young comedian, wanting advice from Seinfeld, is just told, hey, show up day after day after day. Keep bringing your energy. Keep bringing your best. Now, you've never heard of the comedian Brad Isaac, because he didn't end up going on to be a comedian. He ended up going into uh, works with software, and he's a blogger, and and yet he said, I took the advice that Seinfeld gave me, and it's made a difference in my career. And he said, it works because it isn't the one-shot pushes that get us to where we want to go. It is the consistent daily actions that build extraordinary incomes. So those who experience above average lives in this world those who we look at, man, we like, they have more than typical influence. They've got extraordinary impact that they're making. Those are the individuals who learn how to bring themselves, whether it's to their job or to their family or to their marriage, day after day after day, just keep bringing themselves and their energy and their focus. Now, one of the most dominant themes that surfaces in the different books, in history, in letters and poems that make up our Bible is this idea that faithfulness matters. Consistency matters. Dependability matters. It matters in marriages, it matters in families, it matters in schools, it matters in communities, it matters in hospitals, it matters at Microsoft, it matters at Amazon, it matters at Google, it matters. The people who are above average in life, the people that we look at and say, man, they just seem to have such great impact, right? They're financially healthy or they're emotionally healthy. They're healthy in their relationships. They're spiritually healthy. The people that seem to be healthy and extraordinary in the key areas of life, again, are the ones who just keep bringing themselves over and over and over. Now, there's a book in our Bible called Proverbs. It's filled with powerful statements. Most of them are just a sentence long but they're jam-packed with wisdom. Here is one of those statements. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Whoa. Isn't that great? Isn't that powerful, right? I mean, somewhere between Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt and the miracles of Jesus, we read this sentence. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. And as ridiculous as it seems that that would even be in our Bible, the idea here is that the way ants survive, the way ants build colonies, is that whenever they're able, they're relentlessly working. They're carrying seeds, or they're carrying grain, or they're carrying just a little bit of food into the anthill. And the proverb actually made a whole lot of sense to the original audience, people living in an agricultural world, because 3,000 years ago, People in an agrarian society, they were just one or two bad harvests away from complete financial disaster. And so the difference between families that stayed on top of their crops, the families that paid attention to their vineyards and their fruit trees and their their flocks of sheep, the difference between those families and the families that neglected those things was a massive difference in lifestyle. It was a difference between being healthy financially and being poverty-stricken as a family. And so the author of Proverbs writes about the ant, and what he's focusing on is the power of small things done repeatedly over a period of time, because that's what builds momentum. About 150 years ago, uh, plans were put into place to build a suspension bridge over the Niagara Falls, and uh, the challenge was figuring out, how do you get cable wire from one side to the other? It's about 800 feet across. And so someone came up with the idea, well, what if we just tried to fly at least a kite from one side to the other? And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. They had a contest between some kids and some teenagers and one young man flies the kite across and then they take the string of that kite and they pull another string across, just a little bit thicker. And then they pull a couple strings across. And then they end up pulling some rope across and then some thicker rope. And eventually they start pulling wire cables across and they were able to build a suspension bridge which carried people and horses and carriages for several decades. It's easy to lose sight of this, but faithfulness produces results. Things that seem small, things that seem insignificant, things that seem like they don't matter, can create incredible momentum over time. There's powerful uh, in, in repeating just small little disciplines and small habits and implementing small principles over and over and over. It, we could be talking about prayer. We could be talking about finances. We could be talking about relationships, career. We all have areas of life that we would say, man, if I could just have a little bit more momentum in, in this area, it would make a huge difference. It would cause me to go from being what I feel like is average and ordinary in this area to extraordinary. And yet the challenge that we all face is the same. Change happens really, really slowly, and quite honestly, it's a very boring process. A few months ago, I decided I was going to start eating a little bit healthier. True story. So I I got out a calendar. In fact, this is the calendar I use. I won't open it to the day we're on. I don't want you to see the X's. And uh, I started just putting X's down. And I've actually been relatively faithful to it. And I've lost, uh, over the last maybe three months or two months, I've lost about 12 pounds. But one of the most frustrating things uh, to do as you're in this process of just trying to eat healthy and change your lifestyle is stepping on the scale, right? Because there there isn't a time where I don't step on the scale, crossing my fingers, thinking I'm going to have lost five pounds this week, please, please, Lord. And so I get on there and I actually gained a pound, Right? Or if I lost weight, it's sometimes a few ounces. I think the most I ever lost in one week was two pounds. I don't want to lose 12 pounds over the course of a year. Right? I want to lose 37 pounds by my high school reunion next Thursday. <laughs> That's what I want. Right? And we, we could apply this just to any area of life. Maybe you say, hey, I want to grow in my faith. I want to be, uh, I, I be maturing as a follower of Jesus. And so you say, you know what? I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to start to pray and I'm going to start to discipline myself or I'm going to take 30 minutes at lunch and I'm going to read through the Bible or I'm going to get out into nature. I'm going to put on worship music. I'm going to really start to focus myself like never before and care about my spiritual health. The problem with that is two, three, four weeks into it, you don't feel like a spiritual giant. You're like, oh, I'm still dealing with the same things, and I'm still giving in to the same temptations, and I'm still angry, and I'm still cranky and petty and picky. and We don't change quickly. It happens slowly. Experts say that change often takes between three and five years. All right, so if you feel maybe like God's Spirit is convicting you in, in, in a pattern or habit in your marriage, and so you say, oh, I want a healthy marriage, and so this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to start to implement in my marriage. I'm gonna start to say, I love you to my spouse again. All right, it's been years. So I'm gonna get this discipline in, and uh, one week in, two weeks in, three weeks in, they may not be receptive to it. In fact, I got a buddy who struggled with alcoholism for many, many years. And when he started to be affectionate to his wife on a regular basis, she didn't respond. Because she was so like this, it was so many years. And I said, dude, you just got to keep being faithful. You got to keep being faithful. You got to keep being faithful. You got to keep showing her this is legit. Faithfulness produces results. A few years ago, I was talking to a buddy, and he said, man, this year, was in January, he said, this year, I'm going to not read other parts of the Bible other than just the accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he said, I'm just going to read it as many times as I can. And I thought, man, that's tremendous, Because the truth is, he may read it once or twice or three times, and it just feels like the same old stories. Or maybe nothing is standing out to him that he notices. But I promise you, in the fifth time, in the sixth time, maybe in the seventh time, he's going to start to see some things that maybe he never noticed. Maybe some things that are going to impact his life. Faithfulness produces results. Last year, I read a book called A Simple Act of Gratitude. and It's about a guy who said, I'm going to write a thank you note every single day for an entire year. And he talks about the impact it had on his life. Now think about how many thank you notes you would have to write before it actually starts doing something inside of you. Right, it may take a hundred notes before you start to see a difference in your behavior and how you view life. Right, one day of writing thank you notes, no change. Two days, no change. One week, one month, no change. Eventually you start to think, well this is stupid. right, why am I doing this? But two years in, several months in maybe, you start to have a better perspective of life. You start to look for the positive rather than the negative. You start to see things differently. Change is slow, the process is boring, but I'm telling you, faithfulness works. Let me encourage you with this, that some of the greatest impact in our lives is gonna happen by simply showing up day after day after day, over and over and over again. You wanna be an above-average parent? It's just that faithfulness. You wanna be an above-average follower of Jesus? It's just the faithfulness, developing some disciplines, of saying, man, I'm going to implement this into my life. And it's possible that all of us could miss out on our biggest opportunity for impact and influence if everything around us has to be new and interesting all the time. So you want to be an above-average nurse, an above-average software developer, designer, above-average architect, above-average parent, above-average spouse? Then keep showing up every day. Keep bringing your energy day after day after day. Keep putting X's on the calendar and saying, I'm just doing my best to be faithful. And it may take three to five years to see an incredible difference, but the day's going to come. In 2016, there was a movie that came out, you might have seen it, called Fences. Emotional movie with Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. And in the movie, they're this married couple, and they're standing in the yard, and they're having this very heated argument. And Viola had just a tremendous performance that she puts on. She is yelling, she is emotional, she's blubbering, snot's going everywhere. I wish we had time to watch the movie. There's so much we could pull from it. But I want you to watch this scene for the next minute. It's not easy for me to admit that I've been standing in the same place for 18 years. Well, I've been standing with you. I've been right here with you, Troy. I got a life too. I gave 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. Don't you think I ever wanted other things? Don't you think I had dreams and hopes? What about my life? What about me? Don't you think I ever crossed my mind and want to know other men that I wanted to lay up somewhere and forget about my responsibilities they don't want someone to make me laugh so I can feel good welcome to Timberlake (laughs) all right now I show you that scene because Viola actually won an academy award for best actress in a supporting role in that movie but before it was a movie it was actually a play in which Denzel and Viola did this Broadway type of play and they performed it 114 times which means when she's on camera, I don't know how many times she had to practice and they had to go through that scene, but let's say that was her first take. It means she at least did it 115 times, and she won an Academy Award for it. How does someone bring that kind of emotion and that kind of energy into something 115 times? I don't totally know, but I know this. Faithfulness is rewarding. Faithfulness begins to pay off People who are above average have this way of just pushing past the boredom and pushing past the routine because they're thinking about the future. So you're trying to reach out to your kid and have a relationship with your kid and your kid's like my 19-year-old daughter and like, I'm like the most uncool person on the face of the earth. I've actually invited someone to our church recently and he told her afterwards, he said, your dad made me laugh a lot. She's like, he never makes me laugh. That was her response, all right? But you're trying to reach out. You're trying to have a relationship. It just feels like this wall's there. Faithfulness matters. You just keep being faithful. You keep loving. You keep caring. You keep reaching out. And the walls begin to slowly just push away. If you're parents of young kids in the house, you need to really hear this. Because it does feel like just this routine every day right getting your kids up to go to school getting them dressed putting them in the car realizing they never brush your teeth sending them back in having them brush your teeth getting back in the car getting them off to school or sending them to the bus stop and then they come home and all they want to do is play and you're like no you got to do your homework and you got to fight with them to do their homework and then they do their homework and then they sit down and they eat and then they want to play video games all night long and you finally get them off to bed and then the next morning you get to do the same thing again Over and over and over, and it feels like, man, are they ever changing? Are they developing? Are they maturing? I promise you, faithfulness is rewarding. This is why the Apostle Paul in the first century wrote this He said, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. A few weeks ago, I learned that Tom Hanks is gonna be playing Mr. Rogers in an upcoming movie. I'm sure most of us are familiar with Mr. Fred Rogers, right? Because we grew up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Is it just me? <laughs> right? You guys all grew up watching something, right? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And for 33 years, from 1968 to 2001, he went through the same stinking drill every day. The theme music would play, right? He walks in the door singing the theme song. It's a beautiful Oh, you guys are so good, right? Yes! And he walks down the steps and what does he do every single time? He takes off his jacket, hangs it in the closet, and then he takes out his sweater and he puts it on and he zips it up and then he goes down a couple more steps and sits on a bench and he takes off his dress shoes and he puts on tennis shoes and he laces them up and as he's lacing them up, he concludes a song, won't you be, please won't you be my neighbor? Hi, neighbor every episode, 33 stinking years. At some point, you'd think he'd be tempted to just walk in, jump over the rail, and be like, what's up, world? (laughs) But here's the thing. Fred Rogers knew, yes, he's got a portion of his audience that come from stable homes and there's consistency in their homes, but he also knew that a large portion of his audience came from completely chaotic homes. There's absolutely no structure, and so he knew that these kids needed a friend and they needed a guide, and so he was a consistent neighbor for 33 years. And eventually he makes it into the Hall of Fame. He's given the Medal of Freedom, which is the highest civilian honor an American can receive. It was all because of his consistency. It was because he brought himself again and again and again, day after day, when his job became boring, when it became repetitive, he showed up. Faithfulness creates security. Now, I think you know this. This isn't about a medal of you know, honor, a medal of freedom. This isn't about our names being written in history books. This is just about the difference that consistency makes. I just want to encourage you. In the areas of life that you feel like giving up, man, consistency matters. I also want to encourage you, maybe you need to step back and reprioritize your life, because you're like, the life, the areas in life that I am most consistent, are areas that don't matter. In Acts chapter 9, we read about a widow named Tabitha. She'd recently died, so her friends and family were standing around grieving their loss. And it happens that at this particular time, one of the disciples of Jesus, Peter, is in the area. He hears about Tabitha's uh, dying, and so he goes to the home to console the family. And when he gets to the house, here's what happened. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas, which is another name for Tabitha, had made while she was still with them. Now 2,000 years ago, in the first century... Most widows in eastern culture were living in desperate poverty. They were living very desperate lives. It was unbearable at times for women who had lost their husbands because the husbands were often the ones who took care of them. But Tabitha, or Dorcas, who was also herself a widow, decided she was going to spend time taking care of other widows. And so here they are, and they're holding up these pieces of clothing that Tabitha had made for them. She didn't buy these for them she made them which means that day after day or at least on a regular consistent basis there was some sort of rhythm in her life to sewing and measuring and buying material very time-consuming process she would go through it and she would bring herself into what she did and be a blessing to these women as far as we know she didn't do anything huge right her story isn't going to be told in museums but her faithfulness made a difference. I mean, just think of how new outfits make you feel. Right? This is why some of you go shopping three or four times a week. It just makes you feel good and put a smile on your face. And so these widows are saying, man, she made us feel so good and so loved. She brought warmth and dignity and hope to us. And, and finally, that is another thing faithfulness does is that faithfulness brings hope. It produces optimism in people. It keeps people feeling secure. This is why so many of us, not all of us, but so many of us love going back to the homes that we grew up in if our parents are still with us, right? Because we kind of gravitate quickly to the behaviors we had as growing up. And at least in my house, every other week we go to my parents' house and there's six of us kids and our spouses and kids, uh, you know, our, our children running around. It is a, it, it, it's crazy. There's no other way of saying it. But we get in my parents' house and my mom makes meals and it's like the good old days. It brings some sort of security and some sort of hope. Now, I'm not saying once you start something, you can never quit. We, obviously, there are gonna be seasons in life to do things and then there are seasons of life to stop things. What I'm saying is if everything always has to be new and interesting and emotional all the time, it's possible we're gonna miss out on the potential to have a great impact. There are times we just need to realize the power of consistency. Faithfulness matters. If your marriage is going through a difficult time, I want you to know, consistency matters. If you're having a tough time with your kids, consistency matters. If you're struggling financially, consistently putting in good financial habits, it matters, not the first day, not the first week, and not even the first month, but it matters over the long haul. I've been speaking here at Timberlake for almost 10 years, and I speak multiple times a year. If I, if I even spoke four times a year, which is being conservative, it means I've spoken here 40 times, and every single time I come here, the church has grown. The church is adding campuses. The church is, I mean, this is like you know a McDonald's franchise by now. How many? Where, what, what campus do you have now? What city are you guys impacting now? You're constantly growing in influence and impact. You know why it is? It's because there's just a growing group of people who show up week after week, consistently hold the doors open for people, welcome children, sign them into their programs, volunteer with kids, volunteer with students, play in the band. I mean, week after week after week, it matters. It brings hope. It pays off. You look at the heart of any organization that's thrived for a number of years, and at its core, you're going to find individuals who just kept showing up. And so faithfulness... Matters. It produces results. It's rewarding. It creates security, and ultimately, it brings hope. Now, if you were at in a part of Timberlake Church last year, and the different times that I came and spoke, I talked about how last year was, without question, the most difficult year—not just of being a pastor, but the most difficult year in my life. But it really did root itself in so much of what we are experiencing in our church. Our largest campus had moved six times in one year, and so in literally in one year, we lost about 25% of our attendance, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Our financial situation was seeming very bleak. Week after week, we were barely making it. It was just a very, very difficult time through all the moves. And I just did what I knew how to do. I just kept praying, I kept showing up, I kept trying to lead, I put on a smile, when a lot of times I didn't know what was gonna happen in the coming weeks, I'd just say, here's where we're going. And it paid off. We flipped into 2018. I gotta tell you, this has been one of the most exciting years in our church's history. We're growing again. We're thriving. I've got energy again. My marriage is doing great. My relationship with my kids. So much good has come out of a year of having to just be faithful. Faithfulness matters. And so Brad Isaac is this amateur comedian and he walks up to Jerry Seinfeld and he says, what would you do To be a better comedian, Jerry says, Well, you gotta write better jokes, but in order to write better jokes, you gotta write every day. And if you're gonna write every day, you might as well get out a calendar and take out a marker and just check off the different days. And the goal would be to never break the chain. Now, what's interesting is what Seinfeld didn't say. He didn't say, Well, Brad, here's what you need to do you need to find an agent who can get you on a Conan or Letterman, and that's gonna be your breakthrough moment. He didn't say what you need to do is you need to write some hilarious comedy, get a YouTube video, make sure it goes viral because that's going to be your breakthrough. Instead, he focused on the daily activity and the power of showing up day after day. Jesus said, I have come to give life to my followers in life that is full. Maybe for you that's a foreign concept You look at your life and you say, man, I feel like I'm missing some purpose. I'm feeling like, man, there is something more significant than what I'm personally living. And if for whatever reason you are here today, but you say, man, I'm not a follower of Jesus, but I think I'm at that point. I'm ready to open my heart to Jesus. I would just say at some point as we wrap up here, just in your heart, just say, Heavenly Father, I want to begin to follow you. I want to experience this life that you have for me, the meaning and the purpose. Maybe you've been following Jesus for years, and you're like, I'm still kind of missing out on this meaning. I, I, I still feel like I lack purpose. Then maybe what you need to do is step back and reevaluate in your life and in your heart your priorities. And you need to, in a very sensitive way, say, Jesus, what areas of my life do I need to reprioritize? And what areas of my life do I need to begin to bring myself to more frequently? develop a better rhythm so that over the long haul i can be everything you have destined and designed for me to be so you want to throw in the towel with your praying cuz it feels like it's making no difference stay faithful you have reconciliation that needs to happen somewhere in your life stay faithful you have a marriage that needs healing and you just feel like just quit stay faithful You've tried to be generous, but it doesn't seem like it's paying off in any area, and it just feels like you're just throwing out resources, and nobody's thankful. Stay faithful. The great life that we want tomorrow is dependent on a bunch of little actions today. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.